0: Welcome to the Thriving Birth Worker Podcast, a space for conversations about how you, the birth worker, can create not only a fulfilling and sustainable career, but a joyful and thriving life. I'm Erin Underwood, an educator, movement specialist, mother of four boys, and a total anatomy nerd. My passion is to see birth workers encouraged, supported, and empowered in their careers and life. Hello, friends. We've officially made it into July of 2020, which in and of itself feels like a success. This month is especially exciting for me and my business, and I can't say too much this week. But let's just say I've been working super hard behind the scenes, and I'm really excited, and you will not want to miss next week's episode. I promise it'll be worth your while. I am so glad you're here today because... Today's episode is gold. It is all about a topic many of us find overwhelming or unapproachable, and we have told ourselves it's just quite frankly out of our league. It's all about websites. Did you cringe? Did you groan a little? That's okay, it's really normal. And also, it means that today's episode is perfect for you. Over the last few months, we have seen a transition into the online world on a level that is off the charts. Many of us are navigating bringing our work online, even if it wasn't our first choice, because we have to to safely serve our clients now. It's been overwhelming and scary for many of us. This episode will feel like a doula taking your hand and providing the calm and clarity that we all need right now as we navigate all the tech stuff. If you have your own website or not, my guest, Sarah Juliuson is the perfect person to chat with us birth workers all about the details behind a website why you need one, first steps to take, and how to approach it in a new way that makes perfect sense for the birth worker brain. Sarah Juliason is the founder of the Website Doula. As a website designer and developer, her goal is to feel more like a website doula. She offers practical, emotional, and technical support from the conception through the birth of your dream website for your business. You enjoy the benefits of working with a web designer who understands the unique online needs of a holistic service business website, from registration forms to testimonials and resources. I'll be honest with you, after talking to Sarah, she really is as amazing as she sounds. And I am so thrilled to introduce you to Sarah, the website doula. Sarah, good morning. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. Good morning. I am so excited to have this conversation today. I feel like it's really your niche is so specific and I love it. So can you tell us a little bit about just maybe your background and what mm-hmm. you're doing now? Well, it's specific for a reason because I myself was
1: a birth professional for over 20 years. I started out as a doula and a childbirth educator, trained as a midwife and even have a master's in nursing. So I've kind of worked in the full spectrum of of what what birth work can look like. Um, and I built my own website many, many years ago, uh, kind of by force. Uh, my brother had built the first website back in 2000 and said, you have to learn how to code. And I kicked and I screamed and then I learned and I loved it. And I started to geek out just as much on the code as I did on birth. And, um, finally listened to that calling in 2011. Transitioned full time into being the website doula. And so for me, the website work is a beautiful parallel to what all of you do in birth and postpartum because it's all about stepping into the unknown and vulnerability and finding your voice. Um, And I love being able to bring the spirit of doula care into my work uh, with web
0: design. That's amazing. Yeah, there's definitely, it seems like a very special. Way that we communicate with each other and with our clients, and for you to already have such a really clear understanding of that, just seems like it would make it so much easier for you to connect with your clients and kind of be able to read through the lines of what they're actually saying when they're trying to say whatever. You know, it's just so mm-hmm. interesting to try and put words to something when it's not your niche, like if it's not your area of expertise, and then trying to verbalize what you're dreaming of and then how to put that on paper. It just seems like it would, uh, create a lot less hassle for the communication. Absolutely. And I also
1: understand that your website isn't meant to look like a doctor's office. And a lot of the more standard designers out there don't really understand the work that you do. Um, and it's also a real gift to have the, the kind of listening heart of a doula and be able to listen underneath somebody's words of kind of what they think they want. And then tap into that deeper sense of of kind of, intuitively what the best fit is going to be for them. Um, It really is a very collaborative and um, I'm going to say intimate (laughs) experience working together on a website. It's, It's not just practical.
0: That's awesome. Before we get into some of the practical, I wanted to go straight after a myth that some of our listeners might think apply to them and have you dialogue on that, just so that no one's like half tuning out before we even get started, (laughs) is the idea that any use of technology, specifically now we're talking about websites, really only applies to certain age brackets of Mm. practitioners themselves. So I think Once people reach a certain age, they could just kind of shrug and think like, eh, that's not really for my generation. Like it's more for these young up and comers Mm -hmm. to build these fancy websites. And I just stick with word of mouth. And if maybe that word of mouth system isn't uh, working the way they'd like, can we talk about how a website could serve them and how it isn't like this inaccessible thing? Like it's only Mm -hmm. for like the 30 and under crowd.
1: (laughs) I have worked with a number of um, practitioners in their 50s and 60s, um, and even some in their 40s, who have been in practice for a decade or more, some of them several decades, uh, highly seasoned, skilled practitioners who have always had wonderful, you know, steady source of clients just through the power of word of mouth because it worked and certainly i was a i myself back in 2000 was an early adopter of uh the website realm but it was still word of mouth that was my power right um mm-hmm. and what i'm hearing from them is that it's not working anymore the sometimes it's the original care providers who they worked with for you know a decade or more are retiring or, um, mm. you know, phasing out of practice. So they're losing those sources. You know, their clients, kids are now teenagers, and they're not really, they don't know other people having babies. And so the word of mouth is drying up there. And what I'm seeing and working with these older practitioners, and I'm in my 50s myself, so I'm, I'm there um, <laughs> is a, a real sense of, um, at first, a sense of being daunted and overwhelmed. And I don't, you know, this, isn't really for me. And then excitement. Suddenly it's like, Oh my goodness, I can actually do this. And I can feel uh, the, the sense of being able to share their website and have it reflect their expertise. Um, and, and kind of the confidence boost that comes with that is, um, kind of an unexpected gift for many of those practitioners. Uh, cause they've been kind of just trying to, to keep up. And and really work that word of mouth machine when when really the website could have complemented the word of mouth. It's not a replacement. It means that the people that hear about you go to find you online, find that, that reflection of what they've heard about you. And it's a match, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, wow, she really is that amazing. Look at those testimonials. Look at those years of experience. Look at how she just answered that question for me. And I'm totally calling her as opposed to landing and not finding anything or finding a site from like, you know, 1998. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's really powerful too. I just think coming from I'm in my thirties, so I don't know. I'm like right in the middle there Mm -hmm. um, age wise, but my mom brain will sometimes if someone gives me a reference, will only hold on to like half of the facts. Yeah. And so then I'll go to Google search, like, because I just kind of make this assumption, like I can like search the few facts that I have, like the city, and I kind of remember the first name, and they were a midwife. So I'll just (laughs) type all that in. And I'll be able to find them. And if I can't do that, sometimes I'll just get distracted or whatever, rather than if I were to land on that website and be like, wow, like, okay, now I see what that person was talking about. So even if it's, it's like yeah, you said, like a very strong compliment to that word of mouth system, because it. I think it just makes the word of mouth system more reliable, too.
1: Yeah, I got a referral recently for, for a consultant to work with um, on a project. And I went to her website and I thought, no way. I mean, the, the personal referral I'd gotten was amazing. But looking at her site, I thought, nah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if that person doesn't care enough about their business to invest and and. Put forward their best self. I'm. It's not going to be a fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people who are uh, pregnant are in a really vulnerable place, and they really do want to feel like they are um, hiring the absolute best fit for their needs. And um, I guarantee, if your website, uh, if you don't have a website, or if your website is outdated, um, you're losing people. Yes.
0: Yeah. First impression is really powerful. And we no longer just get a hand out business cards and um, do that face to face and make that introduction ourselves. Like we have mm-hmm. to now people are making the introduction for themselves in their own time, in their own space, in their own home. And so, yeah, that's our face. That's our what is it? I think in person, I think you get three seconds to make a positive first impression. And I would just assume psychologically, it's pretty similar to a website of like, you just kind of have, I don't know, 30 seconds as people scroll through maybe, mm-hmm. and then they kind of make a judgment call one way or the other.
1: Yeah. I like to think of websites as kind of like our, our front office entryway. And so if you were to walk into a care provider's office and you immediately feel soothed or intrigued or um, held it's very different from walking in and there's like a random stack of Sports Illustrated and, you know, house and garden magazines and kind of sterile chairs. And we we want to walk into a practice believing that this is going to be the right fit for us. And so as the welcome mat for our practice, because we don't have most of us virtual space or actual physical spaces, that website needs to serve that purpose of kind of crossing the threshold into our practice and having that immediate sense of, oh, I can hang out here. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a place I want to
0: be and I want to invest in. Yes. Yeah. That creating a feeling is powerful. I do want to jump into some more of the nitty gritty, but before we kind of go down that path, I was thinking if anyone's still like kind of in the back of their head, like, "Eh, I don't know about these website things. Um what are i guess maybe the few top like maybe internal resistances people have to this idea of like i need to have a really accurate representation of myself online um what are maybe the fears or just some the overwhelm like i know especially with technology a lot of overwhelm and maybe feelings of inadequacy kind of come up mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. it's because There's this idea that the younger generation just picks up on this. Like it's more of like it's either natural ability or an unnatural, like you're not just you don't just take to it (laughs) rather than like a skill. So maybe that's part of it, too. But if you could just talk a little bit about like maybe just some of that internal like work almost that needs to be done before you even start the process.
1: I often talk about uh, technological confidence versus competence, And so, you know, somebody who's highly competent is someone who has learned those skills. Um, But confidence is really what we need. We need the willingness to press a button and see what happens and to try something and to know that we can go backwards. (laughs) And (laughs) um, a a lot of it really is that it's the willingness to just try something out and go, "Eh, that didn't work. I'm going to try again. And so there's a, there's a level of resiliency that, that is required for this for sure. Not necessarily knowing what the heck you're doing, um, just being willing to jump in and try and, and many people are surprised at how, you know, I, I get some severely technophobic clients sometimes and, um, on the whole, they're shocked and delighted at how easy the site is to manage once it's built, mm. um, and suddenly all that overwhelm just fades away and is replaced by excitement and empowerment because they can actually do this and grow it. Um, I think the biggest barrier for people, like above all other, is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually that gets translating translated as, I don't want to sell myself. I don't want to come across as too salesy. I don't want to seem pushy. And when I do, dig through that, typically it comes down to a, I don't know how to be myself in this realm. I don't know. It feels really vulnerable having not just the facts about what I do, but the emotions of what I do out there in the online realm where anybody at two in the morning can just read about me and make a decision about me, Mm -hmm. um, about whether or not I'm worth, you know, taking the next click on. and so there's, there's a lot of work to do around that kind of finding your voice and recognizing your unique offering and what sets you apart and being able to share that with the world. Um, and that that's where people get stuck. More, more than technology, it's the vulnerability.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, trusting a web page to do that face-to-face introduction for you rather than you doing it for yourself is really... Um, it's a leap. It's a huge leap. And and what happens
1: with that is that when your web page does a good job of that, and you've not only sold your services, but also what makes you unique as a provider of those services, that client, when they make that first step to contact you, they're already like way down the path. Right? Mm. They're already thinking, Oh, I want to work with this person and the the whole aspect of the quote unquote sales call is totally different because they're coming in already buoyed up with a sense of
0: excitement. hmm Yeah, rather than maybe a little bit skeptical, more excited. hmm Exactly. Yeah, that that is a powerful transition too for um rather than I don't know, it's terminology, but basically like a cold meeting where, you know, you'd maybe not even have seen that person's face before. And like you're saying, like, people who are pregnant are in that more vulnerable place. Like they want their more, you know, they want to have that assurance and that confidence. And so if they can walk into that meeting feeling pretty confident, like I have a really good feeling, I have a really good vibe about this person. Mm It just seems like it can make your job even more enjoyable. Absolutely. that's And it, it
1: just takes us out of that place of feeling like we have to sell ourselves and explain what we do and lets us focus on the client experience and what they're seeking. And that's that's where true client conversion comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Them feeling heard and validated.
0: Yes. So if someone doesn't really have a strategy as far as mm-hmm. creating a website, something I see a lot of people do is they'll look at a bunch of little sites that they really like, And they'll kind of copy and paste and pull a little bit of this and pull Mm -hmm. a little bit of that. And like, well, we'll just kind of assume everyone else knows what they're doing and (laughs) kind of puzzle piece this thing together and maybe throw a couple pictures up there. And how is that different than maybe having your own specific strategy and being able to, like you're saying, have someone click on your website and see you like this is Mm -hmm. an introduction to you, what you believe in, how you work. Um, Your competency, your experience, like all of that is probably not going to be the most well represented when you kind of copy and paste from other people, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, there are very clearly copyright issues with cutting and pasting. And I see it happen all the time. I've seen clients whose content was lifted. I have my own content for my childbirth education practice, uh, quote unquote, borrowed.
0: Um <laughs> a few other practices, but if uh, I just change two words, isn't it okay? <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> um
1: and 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 even like logo cut. like I've seen almost exact replicas of sites, um, mm-hmm. which is really frustrating, um especially when someone has put so much work into creating their own unique presence um and it's not you <laughs> mm-hmm. um so. And I I think the other piece of this is it is really easy to go on a bunch of other practitioner sites and say, all right, well, like these 10 other people all quoted that study on the benefits of doula care. So that must be an essential component to include. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to start with that. And what happens is that let's say the client named Julia goes online and she goes to 10 different doula websites and she sees basically the same website 10 times. Mm -hmm. With slight variations. But no one's speaking to her. no one's uh showing who they are. no one's speaking to the value or the uniqueness of, of what they offer or how they approach you know and if if um this particular one magical doula who decides to do it differently talks to how they love making sourdough bread and how. Um, they, it's really important to them to have evidence-based care, uh, talks to the power of non-judgment in birth and supporting all kinds of birth. That client lands on that website and is like, I love doing sourdough too. And, um, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, You know, I've been really feeling nervous about working with a doula when I'm also considering having an epidural and this person totally just spoke to that. Um, They have to find touch points in your in your design, in your content, in your images that resonate and everything's cookie cutter. There's no there's no place to resonate. And the the pushback I get from practitioners and doulas is. But. You know. I don't. I I want to make. I don't want to turn anyone off. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: You know, if they are really looking for a home birth, and I'm talking about epidurals, aren't I going to you know scare them away? Um. And I think it's important to remember that there's kind of this this smaller circle of people who are going to be an absolute perfect fit for you, who are going to instantly recognize you, and you only need a couple clients a month, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then there's a slightly wider circle of people that give me like I like that, that, and that. That I'm not so sure about, but that's interesting. I'm happy to find more. And there's kind of these concentric circles that go out and there's going to be a far out circle that aren't going to resonate with what you have and aren't even going to contact you. Or if they did contact you, it would be like, yeah, she's so not a fit. So why not go for that, those inner circles mm-hmm. and, and let the others find the right practitioners for them. We, we all know what it feels like to work with someone who's not the right fit. And it's not, not fun hmm
0: Yeah. It's that losing that fear of that. There's not enough and knowing like you being yourself, is going to draw the right people to you. And even I would say like your work you do is extremely specific. And yet because of that, people feel really heard. Like birth workers are like, yes, yeah, she gets me. Like she knows me. Like if I was going to pick a web designer, of course I'm going to pick her. Like who else would I pick? Mm -hmm. rather than Mm -hmm. you're just, if you were to market yourself as just, I made the switch, I'm out of birth work. Now I'm just going to be a web designer. I love web design, but I don't want to limit myself. I'm going to just market myself as a general web designer. Then all these birth workers wouldn't know like you would be that perfect fit for them.
1: I had a client who uh, has a Swedish approach to her doula care. Um, she bakes Swedish treats for her parents and baby groups. She, uh, brings all different traditions into the way she cares for families. And just, we decided to really focus in on that on our website. And within like a week, she was getting Swedish expats calling her. Wow. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's like a niche. Yes. Um, And suddenly this whole new realm of clients appeared who were super excited. I have another client who works with uh, the Brazilian expatriate community specifically in her region. That's it.
0: That's so powerful. Yeah. And then it it lights you up too, because you're connecting with those people who you feel you actually connect the most deeply to.
1: Yeah. And it might be, People who are planning a VBAC, or it might be people that have had a history of birth trauma or pregnancy loss. It might be um, people who struggle with anxiety. There's a, such a wide range, and really think about like, what's my superpower as as a birth worker? Where do I shine? And it, people often kind of naturally go to an image of someone who's kind of a lot like them. Mm-hmm. But if you were to really pay attention to the times when you've been most effective as a practitioner. I bet that it's likely someone who isn't just like you um, mm-hmm. who benefits from you serving as kind of a bridge between worlds. Um, yeah. Think of, think about who your truly favorite clients have been and they're often not the the quote unquote butterbursts, right? The, mm-hmm. <laughs> the ones where like just everything was super smooth and really lovely, really easy. Um Who are the clients that have made you grow? And then you've come home and just felt like, wow, I really made a difference there. Mm -hmm. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, really not necessarily trying to market to yourself, but marketing Mm -hmm. or if you want to use the marketing, but speaking to um, Mm -hmm. the community that it just lights you up. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's say someone's committed, okay, I need a website and I can't go <laughs> and just copy and paste because I get that's kind of illegal. And no, it is definitely, but <laughs> no one will notice right now. Um, and so now they're sitting in front of a blank screen
1: and mm-hmm.
0: they know they have to be vulnerable and they want to share their heart and who they are. And while it may seem to flow so naturally in a face-to-face meeting, suddenly with that little cursor blinking at you, um, they feel a little bit stuck. A little bit of how do I translate my authentic self onto a page? Do you have a? Feed? And we end up
1: with a really prolonged early labor.
0: <laughs> I love that. Let's talk about that analogy.
1: <laughs> and so, what works best when you're in early labor and things are just not progressing? Right, you change positions. You <laughs> go for a walk. Um, And so sometimes, um, I I think one of my favorite techniques for people that are feeling stuck or overwhelmed is to um, use that voice. So you know how you talk about your work, right? If you were describing what you do to someone, there are probably a whole bunch of really beautiful things you could say about what you do. And so sometimes I have clients sit down with like a voice recording app and um, someone they trust and just have that person basically interview them mm. and you know, ask a whole bunch of varied questions about what they do and why they do it and what brought them to this work and what makes them unique and just transcribe it all and then read it through and pick out the gems. And it might be just like the way you strung three words together or you might come out of that with pages of content. Um, so let, let your voice do it for you. Um, Mm -hmm. is one really great way. And there's an app I use quite a bit for writing blog content called Temi, T E M I. And it transcribes my words for like 10 cents a minute. Mm. Um, and I get it within, you know, three minutes of submitting. So it just, it lets me free flow and then work with, with that instead of staring at the blank screen. And you mentioned earlier kind of cruising other people's sites and being like, I'm going to copy that. I'm going to copy that. And I think there's a, there's an in between there that you can use. Mm-hmm. So for sure, cruise a bunch of people's sites, but don't just cruise the doula sites. Look at a local coffee shop, look at your favorite bookstore. Um it doesn't really matter um what kind of site it is, and look for the ways that people are using their voice, look for the types of fonts they're using, look for colors that you like, ways that people are organizing content, menu structures, um, and and look for those overarching themes of Ooh, I really like the way that feels. I clearly am more drawn to sites that have a lot of white space or sites that have a strong photo element. And so maybe the best place for me to start is with some really strong images. Um, for content, I strongly recommend I basically force <laughs> all of my, just let's be clear, all of my clients to listen to um uh podcast by donald miller of story brand and sometimes it was hard to read the book and his work is just phenomenal in helping people to think about how they write about what they do yes um so definitely check out story brand and i'll i'll include a link to a great simple podcast on it that you can access as a starting place
0: that's awesome yeah that's a really it is a very good um podcast i agree
1: mm-hmm
0: yeah, and he reframed some things in a really powerful way that I think would really align with what you're saying here and kind of get your mind in a really good starting place.
1: Absolutely. And excited to write instead of daunted. Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: So how is, I know you started kind of down this analogy of relating building a website to giving birth. If you could kind of lay out a little bit of a timeline, stages of, of labor, the stages of labor of a website, because I think it's really powerful when you, it is for our clients, like when you kind of have a heads up of like, ex- knowing what to expect and knowing what emotions are very normal to arise and what sticking mm-hmm. points are very, very normal. It's a lot less overwhelming when, and that's what we do as doulas or midwives or birth workers, like we coach our clients through like, this is normal. Like, this isn't, this isn't totally scary. It's okay. And you're not incompetent. You're just (laughs) going through the normal process. Yeah. So can you tell us the stages of website (laughs) development birth? (laughs) Okay. So first we've got preconception.
1: Um, where there are all those questions of like, can I really do this? And uh, that this might be build a website or it might be this work right? Like, am I really ready to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, I've done all the trainings, but what does that actually look like in practice? And will anybody ever hire me? And sometimes it's easier to just not launch yourself than, than go through the struggle of the, you know, those first months of finding your first clients. Um, and I'll just read more books or go to another training. So that's preconception. And then conception kind of to to early pregnancy, we've got the you know, cruising the web, looking at other people's sites, feeling intense overwhelm at the number of options out there. Maybe this is more the birth plan stage. But you know, do I use WordPress or Squarespace or Weebly or Wix, or what are all these options? And what's a host? And what's a domain? And oh my goodness, the the overwhelm and the uncertainty and the exhaustion of kind of um, feeling a bit alone in this. Um, and not knowing how to resource support because you're kind of just in your own realm without experts around you to guide you. Um, And it, you know, we all know the difference it makes when you um, connect with a client in early labor and kind of point them in the right direction. Um, And so often when I do discovery calls with potential clients, they really are in early labor and I'm helping to point them you know, to some good first strategies to help them take the right step forward. And that the, what the right step is going to be different for every client based on kind of where they are in their practice and what they're needing and wanting. Um, once we're actually in the active labor of building a site, whether we're doing it on our own or with um, with a designer, it really is important to remember those rules of active labor, you know, move around, change positions, get get fresh perspective. So that might be getting someone to look at what you're doing. That might be literally picking up the computer and like holding, holding yourself up in a friend's cabin for the weekend. Or (laughs) i you know, I've even disappeared into Airbnbs for 24 hours and just literally sat there and typed and created, um, Mm. kicking everybody out of the house for a day. It doesn't have to be something fancy. Um, Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to shake things up when you're stuck and getting stuck at six centimeters is very normal. Um, and it's usually around content, sometimes around design. Um, sometimes it's like you've got an anterior lip and you're nine centimeters and it's swollen and puffy because you've tried figuring something out a thousand and one different ways and it's just not working. (laughs) Um, and, and then you just kind of stay in stuck mode and, you know, what do we really need to do in that moment? We need help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, someone to help kind of to push that lip out of the way, um, gently. And, and, and so that's sometimes where I come in is just helping people with those final stages um, mm. of, of burning their website. Um, and it's easy to kind of hold on in the in that transition and, and pushing phase and be like, I don't know if it's ready to go out there and it's not enough. And I think one of the the best things to remember, and it's important as parents as well, is like there's no getting this right. There's no perfect way to do this. Um it's an ongoing learning process. And so whatever you launch in day one is gonna look different from what your site looks like three months later and six months later and three years later. It's meant to be a living, growing tool for your business, not a static thing that you launch and then don't touch again. Um, so it's okay to launch and have it not be perfect because three weeks later, you're going to come back to it with fresh perspective and be able to bring it to the next level and then the next level again. That's Get awesome. it out there and let it grow. Let it do, it, let it do its work for you.
0: <laughs> yes. And then just like, with birth, how stress and anxiety will slow the process down or even stall it out. It's so true with the creative process of if I'm sitting here just stressed and upset and feeling inadequate, like it's not going to help the process at all. And so what you were saying of like, get up, take a walk, change positions, like, Get your headspace in a different, you know, you know, just changing positions, sometimes get your headspace in a different place, too. It's Mm -hmm. just a powerful process to rather acknowledge, like, it's normal that I'm feeling this, but I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to move through this and get to that place because the best work, the best creative work never flows out of stress. And sometimes just even taking that walk and like almost walking away from the computer screen for myself is where my mind can start to flow. And mm-hmm. then, okay, then I jump right back into it rather than just sit here and I'm not going to move until something creative hits me. <laughs> and you know how when a client is stuck
1: and, um, you know, we could phrase it as a purely technical thing, like baby's position is slightly asynclitic and therefore baby's stuck. But often there's a deeper emotional process that's happening here and there's a holding that's happening for the birthing parent. And if we were to, work with that emotion, that release can help make room for that baby to shift into position. And and so same thing in web work, often the thing, thing that we think we're stuck with is actually kind of a cover for a deeper emotional vulnerable piece around actually launching this thing and getting it out there. And so allowing room to do some of that work and um, to have a cry um, and, and care for yourself and eat some chocolate is a good thing.
0: It's so true. Birth work just surfaces your own stuff. It's like a mirror and just Mm -hmm. realizing that the website is another layer of that, of kind of mirroring back to you, your own heart and your own um, internal work that's going on. And then just rather than running away from it, just being like, okay, this is another part of the work. I can do this.
1: (laughs) And when our website does that, we're also getting clients that resonate with that.
0: Mm -hmm. Maybe acknowledging that that uncomfortable feeling means you're probably more on the right track than not. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's starting to hurt. Great. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. I mean, you have to move through the intensity, not do the the simple route. Absolutely. Yes.
0: That's good. So yeah, maybe a general question would be, did creating your website make you uncomfortable? Because if not, (laughs) well, we might want to revisit. Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, wrapping up here, can you, we've kind of talked about some ways that we get stuck. What would be like the three top tips you have for birth workers to either get started on their website, or if they're thinking they might want to go back and revisit, like just some general practices. We've talked about being, giving yourself space to be creative and be vulnerable, but is there anything real kind of nitty gritty practical that you would advise us to start with?
1: Yeah, I think a question that a lot of people miss is how do I make my money? Um, you might have six different services that you could possibly offer, but which one is going to be the heart of your practice? Which one is most likely to bring you the steady income that you need to support the rest of it? And so as you're planning your website, keep that framework as your priority. Um, how do I? Kind of create a flow through the site that features this particular service and allows clients to engage there first, and then see the rest of them as complements to that. That can be add-ons, or you know, if if service A isn't the right fit, then maybe we jump down to these other ones. Um, sometimes we think we just need to get it all out there, and we forget about the client experience of traveling through the site. Um, I think there's real value in, um, putting an emphasis on conversion and you're not just telling people about what you do. You're creating a client journey Mm -hmm. to contacting you. That's what you're doing. You're, and so people tend to jump right into the educate and I encourage you to hang out in the validate and motivate piece first. And let that be the foundation for the work that you do with the website. And education is kind of a, a sub thing. And that's actually a model that comes from my training and birthing from within um, many years ago. Um, so think about, think about how you can start people out on the journey of falling in love with you <laughs> and creating Excited about stepping over the threshold to work with you, um, and and let this website be a partner in your practice as opposed to a thing that you have to do.
0: Mm. Yeah, I love that. So probably a good chunk of my listeners are now real excited to get connected with you, and based off of hearing your work and just how well you connect and understand this field and how powerful a website can be can you tell us a little bit about how uh where can we find you i'm sure you have a website and are you on social media <laughs> tell us all the all the things absolutely so of course you can find me on both
1: facebook and instagram as the website love. um and I encourage you to come on over to my website at the website doula.com. You will find there a couple of great free offerings, uh, including a five steps to an effective website, uh, email series that you can sign up for. You can also access a free course on how to create ebooks and sell them online, um, along with a wonderful website hub with all sorts of free resources that you can dive into and, and kind of come back to again and again. As you grow your business online, uh, I certainly love meeting with practitioners with uh, free discovery calls. So I offer a 20 minute uh, initial conversation to help, again, point you in the right direction. Uh, this is not a strong sales call. This is a discovery process to to help uh, you and I both discern whether or not working together is the right fit and you know what the best choice for you is going to be. Uh, I also have a fantastic program called the DIY Website School. So those of you that are wanting to build your own site, but you're feeling kind of overwhelmed by all the options, I can actually guide you through with videos and a full template that's totally customizable to build your very own WordPress website um, with my help so that you don't have to do this alone. Uh, So I'm happy to talk about any of my design options, whether it's custom or DIY. And or simply help you understand what on earth posting in the in are <laughs> <laughs> so don't hesitate to reach out i'm I'm here as a resource and support, and your website doula. Well,
0: Sarah, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom with us. I just am so appreciative of what you do, and just am so grateful that you're part of this community. Isn't Sarah the best? Now, if you want to check out her amazing offerings, go ahead and head on over to her website, thewebsitedoula.com. Now, that conversation got many of us thinking. And if you know that you're in the position of wanting to rebuild or to build your website, she has an amazing offer called the DIY Website School. And she has graciously offered all of us a coupon code for 25% off. Just type in THRIVING, no caps. And all this information can be found under the show notes of today's episode. And I'm also going to put a link directly to the DIY website school so you can find it super easily. If you're finding these episodes encouraging and helpful, I'd love for you to rate, subscribe, or even share with your fellow birth workers. I love finding amazing professionals just like Sarah to provide you with amazing information and support. And your support of this podcast is incredibly helpful in spreading the message that birth workers can thrive. I am so grateful for you, for your time and support and the incredible work that you're doing in your communities. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week, and I am super excited to connect with you in next week's episode. Bye for now. The information and discussion provided on this podcast are not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, you should consult with an appropriately licensed physician or a healthcare provider.